Welcome to Post Game with Paul Golden, a sports and faith podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly. Thanks for joining us. Today, our guest is Eric Kratz, former catcher for the New York Yankees. In this episode, you'll hear part two of our conversation with Eric, discussing his faith, family, and future. Eric also gives his take on his former teammates, the New York Yankees. Be sure to listen until the end for a funny hit and run with Eric Kratz. And now here's your host of the Post Game Podcast, Paul Golden. Thanks so much, Tim. Hey, it's been great uh, connecting here with Eric Kratz. Previously, in the first half of our conversation, you've talked about your family and its effect on uh, them in your 19-year career. Also about your faith. And uh, we also talked about that crazy game that you had uh, there in Scranton, Pennsylvania, back in September of 2019. That not not one, but two miracle comebacks in that 14-13 uh, win over the Syracuse Mets. That's a great story. But Eric, as we continue, let me ask you this. How do you stay spiritually strong during the baseball season? Just like in baseball, at the end of the season, if I'm like, I didn't get any better this year, that was on me. That was because of the effort that I put in or not. But I'm always looking, okay, how did I improve in baseball? And I started looking at my relationship and my walk with the Lord the same way. Like, how can I improve? Like, what am I doing? Because I would never miss a workout. I would never miss my time in a cage. And I'm like, are you doing with your walk with the Lord if that's what your focus is with baseball? Not that that's bad that I was doing that with baseball. It's just everything about my day revolved around how it was going to affect baseball. And I started looking at my walk with the Lord as how is everything about my day going to affect my walk with the Lord? Is going to affect my 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 thoughts throughout the day because your actions and your thoughts as Christians are what what drive you. You know, it's not what comes in because I'm out in the world, I'm out with my teammates. There's a lot that comes in and towards me, but it's about what comes out of my heart. And for me, the biggest thing was being in the word first thing in the morning. And last year was the third time, but I went through, I went through the Bible in a year ish. I'm a slow reader. So sometimes it took me a little bit longer, but I feel like I, I, I took more in because I didn't just rush through it, but I would do that every morning. And it was crazy. It was like, I don't have enough time to do this this morning. And I remember thinking, no, I'm going to do it. And somehow I feel like God doesn't know space and time. Like he's like, and, and it felt like the days that I missed my time in the morning, it felt like the day went by like that. And I never was, I was hmm. just making it on time. And the days that I was in the word, it was like, I had this renewed confidence in my day. Not that everything went well, shoot. If everything went well, I would have hit 400 and I would have had 60 homers and all that stuff and just been in the big leagues. No, no worries about anything. It, it was, it was a true example of my daily bread for my mind, the way I felt about my day. So it was something that was, is, is paramount. You talk about decision-making I know making choices. A lot of times you didn't have a choice, you know, getting traded or released. Other times you did have a choice. And I remember you telling me about the story. You and Sarah were at a conference, a PAO conference. And you're debating whether to join, uh, which team to join that year. And tell us about what happened at that well, conference. I wasn't actually debating which team to join. But yeah, we went to PAO at the end of 2003. 
And it was the first time in my career I'd spent the last three seasons with the Phillies, mostly in the big leagues. And it was the first time in my career that a team had ever actually come to me at the end of the off season and was like, yes, like next year, you're going to be our backup catcher. Like never, like in the minor leagues, they were never like next year, you're going to start in double A or next year, you're going to be double A, triple A. They never told us anything. And this was the first time anybody had ever come to me and told me that. And up until that point, I had played for 11 seasons. They had told me, yeah, you're going to be the backup. And it was in Philly. So it was like close to home. It was people that I knew. It was organization I knew, friends and teammates. It was great. I was, I was so excited. And I had just come off of two good years. I got a call while David Platt was talking about surrendering and whatever, whatever the Lord has for us, you know, we need to surrender to it and listen to it. And literally my phone was, was buzzing and I saw it was Ruben Amaro, the GM of the Phillies. And I'm like, ah, what he doesn't. It's a Friday night. What is he going to, what's he calling me about? You know, sometimes I was up in the Philly area. So he would ask if I could make an appearance for the Phillies, you know, kind of represent the Phillies kind of thing. Cause he knew I was a local, local kid. And so I didn't answer. Then my agent called. I'm like, huh, that's ironic. Like they both called at the same time. And then Ruben called again and I missed that call. And I was like, Sarah looked at me like, what are you doing? Like, why are you looking at your phone? Like, this is a very deep sermon this guy's giving. Like, pay attention. Because sometimes I don't pay attention. I have trouble focusing on things. But he calls again, and I'm like, babe, I got to take this. Like, she's like, who is it? I said, Ruben. She's like, what? Like, are you serious? And so I went out and took it. And he's like, he essentially told me that I got traded to the Blue Jays. It was like, yeah. Alex Anthopoulos is going to call you. That was 11 seasons in. I played eight more seasons. And I played for, from then on, 13 different organizations from then on. Rest is history. We have a thing on the post game with Paul Golden podcast called Hit and Run. I ask you a question. You give me a short answer. First thing comes to your mind. Your favorite baseball team as a kid. Phillies. Who was your sports hero? Mike Smith. Did you play other sports uh, in high school? Uh, yes, I played soccer. I wouldn't say I was great at it. I would just say I enjoyed playing. We had a good team, so like compared to the other kids on my team, we weren't good. But I played basketball, too. I did not play for the high school team besides one day my freshman year. I came out, and everybody else like knew all the plays, and I was just like a street baller running around, and I was getting picked. Like I had no idea what was going on, and it was – it was not good, but so I didn't technically play in high school. Worst injury you ever had? I tore my PCL in my sophomore year of college playing dorm football. Your favorite major league stadium? I have to say my favorite stadium, because it's a sneaky favorite stadium, nobody knows about it. Kansas City is definitely one of my favorite. What, what's your least favorite Major League Stadium? Oh, either Miami or Cincinnati. What's your favorite minor league uh, stadium? There's three. Charlotte, Indianapolis, and you can't forget Norfolk. No, I'm kidding. Nobody's ever said Norfolk. Norfolk's absolutely the worst. 
No, Charlotte and Indy are awesome, and Columbus is my third. Best post-game spread. Ooh, like, like true minor league spread or like triple-A? Because Chaco, no. Chaco put together some serious spread. Mike Machaco put some serious spreads out there, but those aren't true minor league spreads. And that's a shout-out to the scranton Wilkesbury Rail yes. Riders. And so a true minor league spread is the, is the bought chicken cordon blues that are like they're pre-packaged and they like the piece of ham in there is it is that is the best minor league spread but i mean we've had big leaguers come in and get like roos chris and morton steakhouse for us so that's those are the best but the true minor league ones either that or the costco bought boxed lasagna oof so good (laughs) outstanding Hey, speaking of food, Chick-fil-A or Popeye's? Chick-fil-A. It's Jesus' chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Your go-to late night snack. I make a mug cake. Is that still manly if I make a mug cake? I make a chocolate, dairy-free, healthy mug cake that I put a drop of peanut butter in the middle of. And I say drop. It's like it's a lot of peanut butter. You put it in the microwave and it's a mug cake for two minutes and it pops out, and it's so hot, it'll burn your mouth like a Tostitos pizza. Best sports movie of all time? For the love of the game. Your favorite person or character in the Bible? Jesus? Is that, is that, a, is that, is that too much of a Sunday school answer? That is a second grade Sunday school answer, but we'll accept that. Your favorite Bible verse? Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, do not be afraid, be strong and courageous? For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The coach or manager who had the biggest impact on you? On my baseball career, uh, Ernie Witt and Mike Basso. On my life, Dave LaRoche. The one person you would have loved to play with during your career but didn't? I remember, I remember talking to Stephen Vogt one time, and I'm like, man, it would be so awesome to play together. And he got hurt and I ended up going to the Brewers because he was hurt and he was there the entire season, but never played. So I'm like, we still haven't gotten to play together. And then we did get to play Mm. together in San Francisco. He got my job and I got fired, but we played together for like three days. Who's the best teammate you ever had who, who never made it to the big league? Right now it's Trey Ambergy. He's an active player, but he's still got a shot. He's he's so close. Like, he is a whisker hair away. Trey's with the AAA yep. Yankees. Trey's with Scranton right now. Uh, there was a position player. His name was David Smith. I would say it would have to be David – we were all drafted together. David Smith, Carlo Cota, and Vito Chiravalati. I mean, just based on the name, Vito Chiravalati needs to make it. But, yeah, those would be the – That's a great oh, baseball name. He was – he was a triple crown winner in, in rookie ball. Tremendous. Tremendous. You're in a foxhole. Who do you want in there with you? How many people do I get? And can I say Jesus Just one. Again? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Does it have to be a teammate? No? No. Paul, how are you at throwing grenades? <laughs> I'm in. You're I'm all, all in. in. <laughs> I need somebody that's going to jump on the grenade for me, okay? So maybe that's not good. If you can't. I think You're I'm out. out. Okay. <laughs> um, Kyle Higashioka is in my, in my foxhole because pretty much if we're in a foxhole, there's probably bullets going around us and it's a panic situation. And Higgy would just be 
he'll be the same guy. Like there's no, there's no emotional blips in his life. He is just beep. Hey, speaking of Yankee catchers, give us a one word description of Kyle Higashioka. Funny. What about Gary Sanchez? One word. A freak. I guess that's two words. <laughs> Garrett Cole. Elite. Araldus Chapman. In my book. Chad Green. Calm. Giancarlo Stanton. Oof. Is oof a word? That's acceptable. And finally, Aaron Judge. Hero. Of all the teams you played for, all the guys, who is the funniest teammate you ever played with? I think it would have to be a tie between Bruce Chen and Kyle Higashioka. Who is the craziest teammate? Like just absolutely wacky, funny, crazy. He is... No longer with us. He passed away a year and a half ago. Bubby Buzzacaro. The shortest time that you ever spent with one team, minors or majors? <laughs> the Red Sox. It was two and a half days. I actually went to the field on the <laughs> third day and, and uh, I worked out. So I was technically still a Red Sox that day, but they fired me. The former teammate of yours, most likely to be a big league manager someday. Stephen Vogt. The best piece of advice you have ever received. Cherish your wife. My next question ties in well. What marriage advice would you give to a a newly married baseball couple? Just do what it takes to be together. Excellent. What's in your future? I know right now you're coaching the eighth grade middle school uh, team at your uh, son's school. I won't ask what the record is. What's in your future? Is it coaching? Is it media, radio, TV? Is a good question. I, I don't know. I'm very fortunate that I'm calling this my gap year to kind of figure it out. You know, some people have their gap year after high school to figure out what they want to do. I mean, my daughter's taking a gap year. There you, you guys go. Are in the same but boat. she could probably go backpacking through Europe and all that stuff. I'm going backpacking to pick up and drop off line at, at Doc Academy. <laughs> um, it, it's, I just want to do whatever puts my family together that we have enough, that I have enough time to be there, be present, also work. I got to work and show them, you know, that it takes work to raise a family and everything like that. I want to do something that is really using my unique career path to its fullest. I had Mm -hmm. a offer to be on a big league coaching staff this off season, and it would have just meant more time away. Like that's why I quit playing. I didn't quit playing because my body's broken down. I quit playing because I want to be present with my family and just taking a job as a big league coach would not have accomplished that goal at all. And so that was an easy one to turn down, but even that one was, it was a great opportunity. Like they were looking for me to come in and be able to make an impact on the team and with the coaching staff and learn. So that would have been awesome. I would love to do TV or radio. And people were like, well, how are you, you know, how is that making an impact on people? You know, obviously the words I say can be an impact, but I can also hopefully with a flexible schedule, make an impact on, on my community. Coaching has been an absolute blast. We have not done well. Um, it could be the manager. Or it could be the fact that 11 of my players have never played catch before this season. But I think there's, there's so much in youth sports that 
yes, it could propel kids to be in the big leagues. I'm not saying it's not going to. I'm saying the chances are most likely it's not going to. But it will 100% for all the players impact the type of men they become, impact the type of community awareness that they have. Uh, you know, it will impact their salvation. So I think if I can find a job that gives me flexibility to be home and available, I think there's, there's kids in the community, kids at my, my kid's school that, that can have a positive impact from that. So we know, Sarah and I know that the Lord will lead us in whatever is next because he led us through this entire crazy baseball season. So that's what's next. And actually, to, we have a game, our last game. And so that's really what's next. And maybe some other podcasts are what's next. <laughs> that's awesome. You are a friend. You are, uh, I think, one of the funnier guys in baseball, maybe one of the funnier guys I know. But even better, you're, you're even a better person. And I think that's because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I think last year summed it up playing in an empty uh, Yankee Stadium, the 2020 season, and kind of your relationship with Davey Garcia. And you're old enough to be his father, but just I think it was that one press conference or interview that you just got kind of, I don't want to say choked up, but a salty discharge from yes, your eyes. I sweated. But that sums up, but to me, that's the epitome of Eric Kratz, that looking out for others, loving your family, loving your teammates. Like, uh, to me, that sums up your career. What a, what a great experience. Any, uh, any final uh, closing thoughts from you, Eric? I appreciate you having me on. I think, you know, anybody listening to this, you're probably interested in sports, but I hope you're more interested in Christ. Uh, because no matter what it is, most likely – you won't make the big leagues as a baseball player, but most definitely you can have a relationship with the Lord and whatever the rest of your life entails, just like the rest of my life, I won't be a big league baseball player anymore. The rest of my life entails the Lord and I want my life to reflect that every single day. And I fall short. <laughs> I definitely fall short, but it's not going to be for a lack of effort. Amen. Hey, thank you, Eric Kratz. It's been great talking to you and catching up. And uh, keep keep us posted on your future plans, whether it's a podcast or in the broadcast booth or uh, on the bench somewhere. No doubt. So. I will. Maybe I can come on again sometime. That'd be great. Hey, thanks, Eric. No doubt. Thank you, Paul. We trust you were encouraged by this conversation with baseball journeyman, Eric Kratz. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review and subscribe to the Post Game with Paul Golden podcast. This way you'll never miss an episode. Forward this podcast to that sports fan you know and tell others about this unique sports and faith podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly. Thank you so much for joining us for Post Game with Paul Golden. Paul Golden.